I think abortion has a much bigger role in the dynamics of our electoral politics than I think a lot of us realize. And I think the Dobbs decision has, you know, profoundly shaped the way that both parties are dealing with this particular issue. And I think yesterday's elections, especially in Ohio, but uh, probably as an example in Virginia, really helped to galvanize Democrats. Uh, you know, normally they would be uh, kind of sorrowful about the current approval rating of their president, but it seems like that that issue helped to galvanize and mobilize Democrats to turn out in what is historically a very troublesome turnout uh, dynamic for uh, particularly the president's party. This is the second straight election where Republicans have underperformed. Last year in the midterms, they did not gain all that much. They got the House back, but it certainly was no red wave. Even the most conservative Republican will testify to that. Why isn't that uh, leading to better poll numbers for Joe Biden? Well, I think certainly the dynamic of campaigning uh, in poetry and having to govern in prose you know, the, the governance aspect is where you really have to make the decisions and you have to be held accountable for those decisions. I think for candidates out on the stump, you know, doing the, the rounds of campaigning, they can pretty much promise the entire world, but they don't necessarily have to deliver at that particular point. And I think we hold folks that are in office maybe to a higher standard and expectation uh, than we do necessarily for the folks uh, campaigning for office. But I think that this is a normal kind of an approach. If you go back, I think, in several past presidential cycles, you'll see presidents hitting this kind of low term a year out from their election. But once we get into the election year and get closer to November, everybody tends to go back to their respective corners or their tribes. And I think the president's numbers will certainly bump up as we get closer to next November. It was like that with Ronald Reagan in leading yep. into 1984. It was like that Barack Obama leading into 2012. That would seem to be the theme. When it comes to North Carolina, um, certainly Democrats did well in counties that typically they do well in, Durham, Chapel Hill, Mecklenburg. But what caught my eye was that some seats were expanded in other counties last night. Cabarrus, New Hanover, Alamance, Pitt had wins by Democrats. Did that surprise you? It, it did. I think, you know, we have to be cautious in terms of trying to make a general blanket of, you know, what might truly still be local politics, running local politics dynamics. I mean, what we know from political science is that so much of the nationalization effect has really filtered down to the states, even down to the local levels. But, you know, this could be part of a trend where we see Democrats doing well in these communities. And it could be partially, perhaps, uh, generational dynamics. We're, we're seeing an electorate where generational politics is certainly playing itself out. And if you looked at a state like Ohio with the exit poll on the abortion constitutional amendment issue, folks that were the youngest voters, uh, 18 to 29-year-olds, I believe, went almost 80-20 uh, 
for protecting abortion rights. And that is an overwhelming generational dynamic that's probably making its way through the electorate right now. From a national standpoint, politically, was there a bigger bigger loser last night than Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin? (laughs) I I think it's going to be a rough, you know, next couple of years for him dealing with uh, Democrats in in the state house. Uh, He was certainly banking on trying to at least capture both chambers or at least hold on to one of them. And, uh, you know, whether whether his presidential aspirations have have gone out the window now, who knows? But, uh, you know, for Virginia governors, they get basically one term in office. They can't run for re-election. So maybe, you know, a lot of folks in Virginia are now talking about lame duck uh, governorship. It's going to be interesting to see what he does from that does from a national standpoint because yeah. uh, he was talked about as perhaps an heir apparent to Donald Trump and uh, granted it appears that the 2022 elections just um, faded away and not many ramifications came from that but I wonder if there are going to be ramifications for him in terms of his national popularity amongst the GOP. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he presents himself. Does he work with the Democrats, or does he set himself up as the foil against the Democratic legislature? Uh, We'll just have to kind of wait and see how that plays out. But, you know, either approach, you know, could be beneficial to him for a national run, but it could also hurt him in terms of appealing towards the core Republican base. They don't want to be working necessarily with Democrats. But if he's going to win national dynamics, he's got to play to that middle where I think compromise is seen as a positive or a good. And he has to balance Donald Trump's influence as well and keep him happy, at least for the next year. Going to be very interesting indeed. Michael Bitzer, great insight once again. You can look him up at oldnorthstatepolitics.com. Also follow him on Twitter at BowtiePolitics. Michael, always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you.